Hello, this is the Bible in fewer words. We are Carol and Steve Wells. This is episode 209, Daniel chapter one. Hi, Steve. Hi, Carol. A new book. We should number the books so that we know how many books we've done and how many are yet to go. I'll do that little job for next time. Yeah. Well, should we get started on this new book? I think so. The Book of Daniel. Mm-hmm. We've had a couple of Daniels show up previously. We had one of David's sons. Yes. That we never heard anything more about. Yep. And then in Ezekiel, the Daniel was mentioned several times. Probably wasn't the Daniel of the Book of Daniel. The Book of Daniel was supposedly written by Daniel. At least the second half of the book starts writing in first person as though Daniel is speaking. Okay. The first chapter was written in Hebrew. Chapters 2 through 7 were written in Aramaic. And then chapters 8 through 12 were written in Hebrew. And so it was a composite type of a thing done by several different authors. And scholars think that it was done several centuries after when it was supposedly occurring. Oh. So it wasn't written by a guy named Danu who lived in Nebuchadnezzar's court at the time. It was written centuries later, probably several different authors at different times. Almost all of the Hebrew scriptures were written in Hebrew. It's an exception to that. Well, one thing that I said before that isn't quite accurate was that we were done with the major prophets. But Daniel is considered to be a major prophet by Christians. So he's the fourth and last major prophet. Then after Daniel, we have the 12 minor prophets, and then we'll get into the New Testament. And Daniel is quoted often in the New Testament, in the Gospels, and also it's referred to or inspired a great deal of revelation. And it's one that includes uh, a lot of material that Christians still talk about a lot and discuss today because they are trying to figure out when Jesus is going to return and the world's going to end. And Daniel, they think, provides some clues about that. So those two questions, when Jesus is going to return and when the world's going to end, mm-hmm. have really not played a huge role in my life. Have they yours? Not at all. Even when I was a believer, I was a Catholic. You know, Catholics haven't paid attention to that for a long time. I think they kind of gave up because early on it was supposed to happen and it never did. And then so they came up with other ways of dealing with it. But it's been a big deal for Protestants and still is. Mm -hmm. And for many groups, like, say, the Jehovah's Witnesses, it's the focus of their attention. The Book of Daniel and the end of the world. Such a sad and scary thing to have be your focus. It's a strange thing because they both focus on it and they look forward to it. I don't understand how that could be, but they do. Okay. Daniel, chapter 1. Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, attacked Jerusalem in the third year of King Jehoiakim of Judah. That first verse has problems because if you remember, it wasn't Jehoiakim. It was Jehoiakim. Jehoiakim was the son of Jehoiakim. Okay. The third year of King Jehoiakim would have been before Nebuchadnezzar was king of Babylon. Oh my gosh, so problems all over there. Yeah, so it's just historically inaccurate, and it's not too surprising. You know, since it was written several centuries after this supposedly happened, and and they didn't have very good records of when exactly anything happened, mm-hmm. it would be easy to get 
details like that messed up. Yeah. And they did. Christians will spend a lot of time trying to figure out how can we make it consistent with the stories in Kings and Chronicles. Oh. Verse 2. God helped the Babylonians defeat Judah. The vessels in God's house were carried to the house of the Babylonian god. Nebuchadnezzar told Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the unblemished, wise, science-knowing children of Judah to his palace so they could be taught in the knowledge and language of the Babylonians. That's kind of a weird <laughs> sentence. <laughs> but apparently what had happened is Nebuchadnezzar had attacked and destroyed Jerusalem, and he brought all these people back with him. Uh-huh. Daniel and his companions were among them. And in verse 3 or 4, it says that they were of the royal family Judah. from Judah. So they would have been sons of kings. And the reason that's important is that in Isaiah chapter 39, Isaiah is prophesying to Hezekiah, saying that his sons are going to be serving as eunuchs in the king of Babylon's palace. Really? Yeah. And so it's it appears that... Daniel and his companions are eunuchs. Yeah. And the way that they made eunuchs back in the day. Tell me. <laughs> <laughs> I have a picture of it there. Uh-huh. Yeah, they, they castrated them. Ah. Yeah. And so it's possible that Daniel and his companions were eunuchs because why else would the master of the eunuchs have anything to do with them, right? Yeah. That's plausible. And it's also there would be a fulfillment of the prophecy in Isaiah. Hmm. There are some arguments against it. You know, people are still debating whether or not Daniel and his companions were eunuchs, but it is a possibility. Verse 5. The king ordered them to eat meat and wine for three years to prepare them for the king's service. Among them were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But Daniel refused to eat the king's meat or drink his wine. God had brought Daniel into tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. Yeah, I'm just adding that in there because it is in there. Uh-huh. It's a very puzzling verse. What the heck does that mean? Yeah, it sounds to me like some inappropriate romantic, right? relationship between a man and a young man. It has a sexual connotation to it, but I'm not sure if any of that was really intended in the King James Version. Other translations don't make it sound that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it is puzzling, and I thought I would add that because it, it, it is something that is used. Yeah. It's used by more liberal Christians who are trying to find things in the Bible that would be approving of homosexuality, as though there was some type of homosexual nature to this tender love, you know, that they, they were, were having here. <laughs> okay, and you just said that you added that, but you no, included I, it I included here. it. No, that verse is in the Bible. That's how it's stated in the King James Version. Okay. Verse 10. He, and who's the he now? The, uh, the guy in charge of the, of the eunuchs. eunuchs. Okay. Yeah. He said to Daniel, well, the king told me to feed you meat and wine. He'll kill me if you don't eat it. Daniel proposed a dietary test, saying, well, let's do an experiment. We'll drink water and eat vegetables for 10 days. Then compare us to the meat eaters. So that's what they did. And after 10 days... The vegans were fairer and fatter than the meat-eaters. Meanwhile, God gave Daniel and his friends knowledge, skill, and wisdom. And Daniel understood visions and dreams. Later, when they were brought to the king, 
They were the best-looking guys the king had ever seen. And they were ten times better than all of his kingdom's magicians and astrologers. He looked at them very favorably, like, wow, these guys are really smart. They can interpret dreams, and they, they know stuff. Mm -hmm. I think that's what he's saying here. What story does this remind you of? David. Joseph. Jo oh, Joseph. Remember Joseph was um, adopted by the king, and he ended up growing up in the household. He just kind of took over because yeah. he was so good-looking and so smart. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing. He could interpret dreams. He had interpreted the pharaoh's dreams yeah. successfully, and he became the most powerful man in Egypt. Well, the same thing is happening here with Daniel. It's like that. Verse 21. Daniel continued to serve there until the first year of King Cyrus's reign. If you look at when Cyrus started to reign, which was 539 BCE, the third year of King Jehoiakim uh -huh. is uh, 607 BCE. So that would mean that Daniel here has been serving the king for almost 70 years. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not the best-looking guy still today. Well, you never know. <laughs> but, but he would be old. Yes. He would have to be in his 80s at the very least, right? Because he was so smart and stuff. Uh-huh, like when probably, he was 10. Probably at least be a teenager, maybe yes. even in his 20s. And so he would be like 90 years old now, mm -hmm. I guess, mm -hmm. at the end of Chapter 1. When we get to Chapter 2, we're going to go back to when he is serving King Nebuchadnezzar. Okay. All right, that's an opening. It's an yes. introduction to the book of Daniel, and that actually is the intro that was added later, scholars believe, to the original material in, that was written in Aramaic. So this was written in Hebrew. And I guess they thought this needed some kind of introduction, and so that's what they What they, what they came up with. Mm -hmm. Okay, thanks. <laughs> I appreciate your help in sorting this out. It's still a little mumbled in my brain. Well, it's going to get worse for, for I think, for all of us, because <laughs> Daniel is one of the most confusing books in the Bible. Well, it's very difficult to understand what's being said, especially when it gets into this stuff about the end times. Okay. Thanks for the warning. Yeah. All right, listeners, thanks for staying with us, and we will see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.